Okay, so based on that, you know, I am going, we're going to just read some scriptures today. Um, I've never really heard anyone teach on this topic um, to help you kind of understand the importance of you living right, living holy. I know that we, this is the month of success. That's the theme. But there are some things that have to be handled on the front end. We'll start moving over into that. You know, there are two, three sides to success. You have the demonic side of success. Then you have the natural side, which is, you know, you work regular principles and you can build a business and you can become successful at a beauty salon or in the stock market or real estate. You can become a success when it comes to your education. You have natural success. The scripture tells you to be careful with that because it says a man can gain the whole world but still lose his own soul. So natural success is dangerous because it then has to battle with eternal success. Uh, the eternal success is the most important. That's why the Bible says don't lay up and stack up treasures down here. It says lay up and stack up treasures up there. Um, Bible says seek ye first the kingdom of God and everything that else, everything else that people are begging God to give them will just be given to you. So we'll talk about that. There is a measure of success that God will just breathe on you because you keep your focus on his agenda first. And most people don't do that. Um, and so we'll explain what that means and get over into uh, dreams. Devon had a very, 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 very powerful dream that he shared with me yesterday. Messed his head up, but the dream was about our next level. And it was very powerful, so I'm going to let him share that. We'll probably let him share that first, and then I'll do the other part. But this, you know, but with this, I just want you to let you know, wanted to let you know just kind of what time it is. Um, we're going to talk about something called the Day of the Lord. Um, uh, the day of the Lord, it is a day when Jesus comes back into this planet. And it is worse than World War One, World War II, Vietnam, and Hiroshima all put together. It's very cinematic, but it's, all, it's more cinematic than anything you would have ever seen or experienced. It's also more horrific than all of the horror movies put together. And I want you to understand why the Lord wants you to miss that day. Um, because that day is quickly approaching. And the Bible talks about scriptures in regards to the scriptures to talk about, hey, as that day starts approaching, you better get your act together. It's a very horrific day. You're going to see a different side of God because we're quickly moving that because the Bible talks about in the last days, men will become fierce. It says they will wax more and more wicked. They will get more and more wicked. It says the tumult or the rage against God will begin to increase daily. It will never go down. It just gets worse. And, and the Bible makes it clear that, that God has been angry since the beginning. But it says that, that God takes his anger and it says that he puts it in a cup. And it's called the cup of wrath. And when that cup of wrath is full, the Bible says God won't be able to hold back his wrath no more. He won't be able to hold it back anymore. And so when that thing is full, that's when he said... That's it. Whoever is not saved, whoever is not right, that's your fault. Because today is the day. It's called the day of the Lord. And so I just felt led because, um, well, I'll get over that into that in a moment. So I just want to give you some information on that because we are closer to that day than I thought. I've been asking the Lord to give me wisdom about revelation. As you see, the world is imploding. You know, right now in the United States, you have the uh, the two big issues with the virus and then the situation with this police officer and this guy. And, but when those things happen, you all, there are things that are more evil being put in place. 
as the world is distracted by those things. And so, um, and, uh, you know, I know uh, Sadhu, the Indian gentleman that we uh, follow sometime, you know, he said that man, he, he is totally dedicated to the things of God. He said the Lord gave him a vision years ago and showed him the Antichrist practicing his powers in the basement of his house. That's a very evil man. And so, um, and so, you know, there are things that are, you know, just same way that you didn't, you didn't, you didn't imagine you would wake up and the whole world begin to implode, implode over a police officer and this guy. And then you woke up one day and the whole planet shuts down over the coronavirus. Well, those are teasers. Those are things that happen to get you used to what's coming next. And that's just unfortunate. And so the righteousness is supposed to shine during that. And so let's just look at these passages of scriptures because this thing builds, 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 and the wicked, the world gets become more and more wicked. It becomes more and more volatile. It becomes more and more toxic, and it just keeps building, building, building. And then you move over into Revelation, which we are already in there, where you talk about the seals and uh, and the trumpets and the bowls and and those. Uh, the seals have already started, but the bowls and the trumpets that all happens in a seven-year period, folk. Bible calls it the tribulation, which is first three and a half years. Then it calls it the great tribulation, which is the second three and a half years. Because the first three and a half years was the teaser for the second three and a half years. Okay? And so there's a debate whether or not we will be taken out before the seven years started or during. Um, where I came from, they taught that the church is taken out during, uh, before the whole thing starts. Um, the more and more I look at evidence... Um, starting to see patterns where that may not be true. It might be that the church is taken out before the great one starts. Because when the great tribulation starts, that's when stuff starts dropping out the sky from outer space. <laughs> and demons released on the planet and, and, and one-third of the men that are killed. Uh, that's a lot of people, folk. One-third of the trees burned up. I mean, his angels just... I mean, it's just God. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, I want... Imagine how you would feel releasing your anger that you had been that had been pent up for 20 years. Now imagine God releasing his wrath that has been pent up for 6000 years against all humans. And you're going to release that in 7 years. And the Bible says that if God had not shortened the time, it said nothing on planet earth would live. You can have that like I said, I plan on watching that with my Holy Ghost binoculars in heaven. Jesus, this is the most wonderful movie and horror show that I have ever seen. You can be down here if you want to. And let me say something before I jump into this because it's a shorter teaching. I'm going to say this now because I'm going to say it again. You need to be praying for your family members. You need to get your fear out of witnessing to people because of what you think they might say. They might cuss you out, but guess what? Too late, you planted the seed for the Holy Spirit to make them become uncomfortable with. You may not know what to say. Say something. Invite them to church. Get them a book. Something. But I'll talk about that at the very, very, very end. Because, because there are some of your relatives, they're not going up on the first boat. They'll make it there. But they're going to make it there because when you get snatched off the planet, they're like, oh, they were right. Okay? And so now they'll be the ones leading. You'll be somebody else up here preaching. 
And so, uh, but then the Bible says that they have to live during that time of tribulation. Um, but hey, ain't nothing like you living like a heathen and your parents and your grandparents disappear while you at the club. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, that's, and again, this is still God's mercy, you know, and, um, you know, you get over into deeper things there, that actually is going on. Now there are single individuals that God is still snatching out the planet. They just disappear. You think we can't find them yet because the Lord took them out the planet just like he did. So it's a lot of things that are coming. Like I always said, the generation that would actually live in the last days, it would be very surreal and strange and, and they wouldn't know how to handle it if there were people who rose up and began to preach that. So let's look at this, the day of the Lord. Acts 2, 17 through 21. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy and your young men will see vision. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. This is a quick timeline. When you read the scripture, you have to be careful because they come sometimes give timelines, but they don't tell you that they're giving you a timeline. Sometimes in three scriptures, they've been giving you a timeline for 6,000 years. Okay. In verse 18, in those days, I'll pour out my spirit, even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. Then I will cause wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. Blood, fire, and clouds of smoke. That has to do with war. Um, and so the amount of warfare in the last 100 years has made other wars pale in comparison. When you look at, when you look at blood, fire, clouds, and smoke, that's all what, those are the four elements when you drop bombs. So when you look at World War I, World War II, those were world wars. And they were signs of the end because people back then thought the end had come. Okay, and so he said, you'll have that. Um, and then in verse 20, the sun will become dark and the moon will turn the blood red before that great and glorious day of the Lord arrives. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So when it says the sun will become dark and the moon will turn blood red, that has to do with um, eclipse and what you call blood moons. How many know that we've had a few of those? You know, I was we were preparing for a major event, but that was again trial run. Okay, and so when you see those things, you know, uh, it's still the Lord in His mercy saying, "Look, I'm lining it up." And when, every time you see an eclipse, that's a sign. And uh, uh, the Jewish people teach that when it's a, an eclipse, it's a sign to the world. When it's a blood moon or a red moon, it's assigned to the Jewish nation. And so, but either way, pay attention to those because when those things happen, major events happen right after that. So those are signs that would happen um, before that day. Okay? And so let's look at Romans 2, 4 through 5 from the Passion Translation. Let's talk about the day of wrath. It's called the day of the Lord or the day of God's wrath. It says, do the riches of his extraordinary kindness make you take him for granted and despise him? Haven't you experienced how kind and understanding he has been to you? Don't mistake his tolerance for acceptance. Do you realize that all the wealth of his extravagant kindness is meant to melt your heart and lead you into repentance? But because of your calloused heart, and refusal to change direction you are piling up wrath for yourself in the day of wrath when God's righteous judgment is revealed 
on that day, on that day, so now we're gonna read when 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 this begins to happen. I want you to read the horror what comes upon the whole planet. Because different prophets talked about the day of the Lord. The Lord was showing it to him back then. And it's crazy, y'all. When I say it's crazy, it's crazy. Isaiah 2, 12 through 21. <clears throat> Excuse me for a moment here. For the Lord of heaven's armies has a day of reckoning. He will punish the proud and mighty and bring down everything that is exalted. He will cut down the tall cedars of Lebanon and all the mighty oaks of Bashan. He will level all the high mountains and all the lofty hills. This is talking about businesses, organizations, and companies. He will break down every high tower and every fortified wall. He will destroy all the great trading ships and every magnificent vessel, your cruise ships. Human pride will be humbled and human arrogance will be brought down. Only the Lord will be exalted on that day of judgment. Idols will completely disappear when the Lord rises to shake the earth. His enemies will crawl into holes in the ground. They will hide in caves in the rocks from the terror of the Lord and the glory of his majesty. On that day of judgment, they will abandon the gold and silver idols they made for themselves to worship. They will leave their gods to the rats and the bats while they crawl away into caverns and hide among the jagged rocks in the cliffs. They will try to escape the terror of the Lord and the glory of his majesty as he rises to shake the earth. Hey, let's look at the next one. These are all... Um, different renditions of that particular day okay isaiah 13 verse 6 it says scream in terror for the day of the lord has arrived the time for the almighty to destroy every arm is paralyzed with fear and every heart melts can you imagine something you know there are a lot of things that happen and people start running imagine this event and you are so afraid you become paralyzed the whole planet just stops. Everybody just freezes. And every heart melts. And people are terrified. Pangs of anguish grip them like those of a woman in labor. They look helplessly at one another. Their faces aflame with fear. For see, the day of the Lord is coming. The terrible day of his fury and fierce anger. The land will be made desolate and all the sinners destroyed with it. The heavens will be black above them, and the stars will give no light. The sun will be dark when it rises, and the moon will provide no light. I, the Lord, will punish the world for its evil and the wicked for their sin. I will crush the arrogance of the proud and humble the pride of the mighty. I will make people, this is how many people are going to kill. I will make people scarcer than gold and more rare than the fine gold of Ophir. For I will shake the heavens, the earth will move from its place when the Lord of heaven's armies displays his wrath in the day of his fierce anger. Everything is moving towards that day. Now you understand why the Lord snatches his people out the planet first. Scripture says we're not appointed towards wrath. You can be here if you want to for that. 
Let's look at what Ezekiel said about that day. Son of man, this is what the sovereign Lord says to Israel. The end is here. Wherever you look, east, west, north, or south, your land is finished. No hope remains, for I will unleash my anger against you. I will call you to account for all your detestable sins. I will turn my eyes away and show you no pity. I will repay you for all your detestable sins. Then you'll know that I am the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Disaster after disaster is coming your way. The end has come. It has finally arrived and your final doom is waiting. O people of Israel, the day of your destruction is dawning. The time has come. The day of trouble is near. Shouts of anguish will be heard on the mountains, not shouts of joy. Soon I will pour out my fury on you and unleash my anger against you. I will call you to account for all your detestable sins. I will turn my eyes away and show you no pity. It's almost like God, see, God, got to make sure I don't lose my place. God can't look at it. He doesn't want to be tempted to have pity. In other words, he's going to throw the bomb and then look away. <laughs> it's crazy. I will turn my eyes away, show no pity. I will repay you for all your detestable sins. Then you'll know that I'm the Lord who is striking the blow. The day of judgment is here. Your destruction awaits. The people's wickedness and pride have blossomed to full power or full flower. Their violence has grown into a rod that will beat them for their wickedness. None of these proud and wicked people will survive. All their wealth and prestige will be swept away in a moment. Yes, the time has come. The day is here. Buyers should not rejoice over bargains, nor sellers grieve over losses, for all of them will fall under my terrible anger. Even if the merchants survive, they will never return to their business. For what God has said applies to everyone. It will not be changed, and not one person whose life is twisted by sin will ever recover. So, you know, now, you know, I don't normally do the fire and brimstone, but but we're moving into the days of the fire and brimstone because the sinner didn't get it on the good side. It's not a horror show starts. And so, so you're getting ready to see a battle in between the, the intellect and the church, the intellectuals of the world, okay? And they don't lose that battle. Now, they're going to win it against most places, but there will be a few, like I said, there will be a few ministries that will walk in such a dimension, it'll make it seem like the whole body of Christ is acting that way. Okay. And so, uh, huh. what did I just read? Ezekiel 7? Let's look at what Joel said. Joel 1.15. The day of the Lord is near. See, so you always remember, when, when it's deception, it comes from one man who claimed he heard from God. When it's the Lord, he uses multiple people to say the same thing. Joel 1.15, the day of the Lord is near, the day when destruction comes from the Almighty. How terrible that day will be. Our food disappears before our very eyes. No joyful celebrations are held in the house of our God. Church closed today. The seeds die in the parched ground and the grain crops fail. The barns stand empty and granaries are abandoned. How the animals moan with hunger. The herds of cattle wander about confused because they have no pasture. The flock of sheep and goats bleat in misery. Lord, help us. The fire has consumed the wilderness pastures and flames have burned up all the trees. Even the wild animals cry out to you, 
because the streams have dried up and fire has consumed the wilderness pastures. Okay, so one of the things that you'll find, one of the passages that we read, it talked about how it says the heavens will be black. Is, is, and so this is going to sound strange to the mundane intellectual mind. And that is at that moment, you will, you will be in light but in darkness at the same time. When you go back and study, this is going to sound strange. When you go back and study Genesis, it says that the light and the dark were intermingled together. The, the planet before Jesus came and recreated the planet, you know, Genesis 1-1 is the original creation of planet Earth. Genesis 1-2 is the recreation of planet Earth after Satan destroyed it. And we don't know how many years pass. So scientists are correct in that regards about the planet could have been here for billions of years. That was the age of the cavemen and dinosaurs and stuff like that. You know, Jesus said, I saw Satan when we kicked him out of heaven like lightning. You know, the scientists say that it was a meteor. No, it was Satan and one third of the angels coming down here and destroying this planet. That's why Genesis 1-2 says, and darkness was upon the face of the deep and everything was empty. In Ezekiel, I think the Lord showed that prophet, took him back in time and showed him. He said, every mountain was shaken. He said, something had happened. There was no living man on the planet. Hey, now where was I going with all of that? Yes. So the Genesis, <laughs> the Genesis account is very interesting because when you read it very carefully, it's going to mess with your mind because the Genesis account um, says that the planet Earth was one great big old ball of water. It was a great big ball of water. It's very strange how God does things. And it's a lot about the past that we don't understand, but it says it was a great big ball of water. And that's why the Bible says God separated the waters from beneath from above. Yet he separated the water. And you go back and read that, you know, but in that account, it says that God separated the light from the darkness. Now, when he said, let there be light, that was not the sun and the moon. You go back and read Genesis. It said, let there be light. Light was created. And then a couple of verses later, he said, now let us also create the sun and the moon and the stars. So I don't want to get to the Genesis It's a lot of meat, as they say in Genesis. What verse am I supposed to be in? Who? Thank you. Joel chapter 2, 1 through 13. See, y'all got eight years of shouting out. <laughs> I'm just playing. This is actually a time when the church is about that crazy. Joel 2, 1 through 13. Sound the trumpet in Jerusalem. Raise the alarm on my holy mountain. Let everyone tremble in fear because the day of the Lord is upon us. It's a day of darkness and gloom, a day of thick clouds and deep blackness. Suddenly, like dawn spreading across the mountains, a great and mighty army appears. Now, this is the Lord's army. This is a definition of the individuals that roll with Jesus on that particular day. Nothing like it has ever been seen before or will ever be seen again. Fire burns in front of them and flames follow after them. Ahead of them, the land lies as beautiful as the Garden of Eden, but behind them is nothing but desolation. Not one thing escapes. So no matter how beautiful the buildings are after they run through, trash. They look like horses. They charge forward like war horses. Now remember, this is a man looking at this 
he has no idea to how to explain what he sees. So he has to use the Old Testament terminology that they had 6,000 years ago to try to explain what he sees. And the only thing he knows is back then the most glorious thing was a war horse. Y'all got me. They look like horses and they charge forward like war horses. Look at them as they leap along the mountaintops. Listen to the noise they make, like the rumbling of chariots, like the roar of fire sweeping across a field of stubble, or like a mighty army moving into battle. Fear grips all the people. Every face grows pale with terror. The attackers march like warriors and scale city walls like soldiers. Straight forward, they march, never breaking rank. They never even jostle each other. Each moves in exactly the right position. They break through all defenses without missing a step. They swarm over the city and run along its walls. They enter all the houses, climbing like thieves through the windows. The earth quakes as they advance, and the heavens tremble. The sun and moon grow dark, and the stars no longer shine. The Lord is at the head of this army, and he leads them with a shout. This is his mighty army, and they follow his orders. The day of the Lord is an awesome, terrible thing. Who can possibly survive? This is what the Lord says. Turn to me now while there is time. Give me your hearts. Come with fasting, weeping, and mourning. Don't tear your clothing in your grief, but tear your hearts instead. Return to the Lord your God, for he is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry, and filled with unfailing love. He is eager to relent and not punish. In other words, he's eager to change his mind about that punishment. Okay. Joel 3.13. Just a few more. Y'all didn't know y'all was coming to read today, did you? It says, swing the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. Come, tread the grapes, for the wine press is full. The storage vats are overflowing with the wickedness of these people. Thousands upon thousands are waiting in the valley of decision. That's the part the church has to realize. It's the thousands that are in the valley of decision. You got a short amount of time, which way are you going to go? The sun and the moon grow dark, and the stars will no longer shine. The Lord's voice will roar from Zion and thunder from Jerusalem, and the heavens and the earth will shake. But the Lord will be a refuge for his people, a strong fortress for the people of Israel. When you read the people of Israel, the Bible says you have been engrafted into that nation. So that's you also. I know you think you're white or black, but according to the scripture, I'm looking at all Jewish people up in here. Amos 5.18. Now, this, this one was a personal slap for me. Because y'all used to be them days years ago. Man, I just want Jesus to come back so we can go into heaven. Then when I found out about the reward system in heaven, how Jesus is the door to get there, but how you live down here will determine how you live up there. And that the majority of people in heaven didn't even have a home. I was like, wait, stop, hold on. I need a few thousand years to kind of get myself together on that one. Because I just thought it was, because I live right and I live clean. But I didn't know about the reward system. And that there's a reward system and that all, you know, things we've been teaching. All of these different things that you do, if you do this, we'll stack up a reward over here. If you do this, we'll stack up a reward over here. If you're persecuted because of Jesus, it says, with that one, shout and leap for joy because great is the reward that's stacked up. I was like, so, yeah. So this is me. What sorrow awaits you who say, if only the day of the Lord was here, you have no idea what you are wishing for. That day will bring darkness, not light. And that day, 
You'll be like a man who runs from a lion only to meet a bear. Escaping from the bear, he leans his hand against a wall in his house, but is bitten by a snake. Yes, the day of the Lord will be dark and hopeless without a ray of joy or hope. I hate all your show and pretense, the hypocrisy of your religious festivals and solemn assemblies and church services. I will not accept your raggedy offerings and your grain offerings. I won't even notice all your choice special offerings. Away with your noisy hymns of praise. I will not listen to the music of your instruments. Instead, I would simply like to see a mighty flood of justice and an endless river of righteous living. In other words, keep your raggedy church services, keep your raggedy tithes and offerings, and keep your raggedy music if you don't live right. People are surprised when I as a preacher say, look, I'm on the Lord's side, so money comes into this church like a river. If you don't live right, you might want to keep your money. Because it ain't doing nothing for you. The Bible says give an offering in righteousness. So if you're living right, you might want to invest in the stock market instead. Because the church is not a bank where your little money is acceptable any type of way you give it. Uh, yes, I'm here to make a deposit. How much you want to deposit? A penny. Now the teller might look at you crazy. Look at this fool sitting up here coming to put a penny in the account. But how many know they're going to open up that account and put that penny in there? Church ain't the same way. It's not a bank. Where any little thing, people crack me up, run, uh, run them, and they find I'm a pastor, and they reach in their pocket and give me a dollar. I just want uh, you might want to keep that dollar. You gonna need it more than me. Blew a man's mind yesterday when I told him about how this ministry operates. I said, from the outside, it looks simple. I said, when you get into the inner court, men shake their head like, how you, even, how does that happen? I said, because God knows how to run His own. Like Bishop Oedipo told me, he said, don't raise money, raise men, and you never have to ask for money. That's been my motto ever since. It's a, that, I'm glad I made that decision. Years ago, one of the ministers told me when I decided to take the offering out the service, as soon as we took it out, the finances tripled. Just to show the Lord. Now, I don't mean it's, I'm not against any church that has offerings in the service. There's nothing wrong with that. You know what I'm saying? But I like it because it takes out the condemnation. It also gives people that's looking for an excuse not to have one. You understand what I'm saying? And I've had several people over the years, they said, well, they said, we were looking for one. And they said, y'all the real deal. I'm just not ready. And I said, God respects that. And most of them came back within a year or two and said, you know what? I'm ashamed I even said that to you, but I'm back now. I'm like, well, remember when Jesus, you know, all them large people left Jesus? He didn't care. He looked at the disciples. He said, you're going to leave too? You know what Jesus said? I ain't in the numbers. He said, I'm just simply here to do the will of my father. I, he asked me to do this. So whether you come, that's, let me tell you something, that's a great feeling. People, I'm a leader church, wonderful. You got three exits to pick from. We didn't ask you to come. Well, in most cases, we didn't ask you to come. Y'all know what I'm saying. You know, you have to understand, when you're the real deal, it's an honor to be a part of a great church. Ain't begging nobody. Psh, beg? How many kings you know beg? Think about this. God asked, God asked me to open up. Now, now, we ain't talking about guys that's opened up stuff, Lord, and tell them. God asked me to run something for him, and I'm supposed to beg you for something? It's a stupid God that can't provide for his own business. But they're giving people the impression that God needs our help. 
You know why? Because you financing your own program. And when you finance your own program, you got to raise your own money for your own program. Hence the fourth offering. Like mysteriously, another $50 appeared in your pocket. I was at a church one time, and the guy had the offering, and he said, you ain't a real man in here if you don't have $50 to give. I have more than 50 Kept that money. Church was closed in two years. See, that would have been a bad investment. I don't play that. Either God is real or he ain't. I know that's improper. Either real or he not. Money is a slave, not a master. <clears throat> Somebody's shouting at me. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, you. It's, it's, it's money is a slave, not a master. But when you follow the master, money becomes your slave. That's when the coronavirus situation went down. Nothing went down. It went up, and it went up so much it started scaring us. Again, seek you first, kingdom of God. And, and the stuff that you need, I'll just, as long as you're seeking first what the plan is. That's why, you know, I don't, you know, and this is a good question. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Somebody asked a very, very good question. They're like, do you have more single programs? I said, no. I said, why? I said, because I said, the Bible says that a married individual is concerned about how they may please their wife or husband. But it says the single person is concerned about how they may please the Lord. Not fellowship and have roller skating parties all day long. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. Don't get me wrong. But, but, but what's going on is, is that the church has become a horse party. It's become a cruise ship, not a battleship. It's a place where you just come to chill, you know, and, and <laughs> like, like the one lady, the one old lady told me at the other location, or the Sunday location, she came in. Everything was fine at the end of the service. I said, you enjoy the service? She said, you strict. I said, no, I'm holy. It's a difference. Strict is you got to wear a suit when you come to church. You know what I'm saying? That's strict. What passage am I supposed to be in sitting up here messing with y'all? Did I even read Amos? Yes, I did. Obadiah. That's that book of the Bible that Oba who? Is that Otha's cousin? <laughs> Obadiah chapter 1. It says, the day is near when I, the Lord, will judge all godless nations. As you have done to Israel, so it will be done to you. In other words, all the stuff that the wicked been doing to the godly people, God says, I'm going to return the favor. But when I knock you down, you're not going to get up. All your evil deeds will fall back on your own head. Just as you swallowed up my people on my holy mountain. Remember I told you that we are climbing an invisible mountain. So you and the surrounding nations will swallow the punishment I pour on you. Yes, all you nations will drink and stagger and disappear from history. That's one thing that the wicked doesn't know. The scripture says that when it's all over with and we're in heaven, it says that their name will be remembered no more. You remember such, such? Who? I plan on my name being remembered forever. Zephaniah. That's the cousin to Obadiah. Third cousin twice removed, the oath of Turnbow. <laughs> Zephaniah 1:14. That terrible day of the Lord is near. Swiftly it comes. A day of bitter tears. A day when even strong men will cry. 
It will be a day when the Lord's anger is poured out, a day of terrible distress and anguish, a day of ruin and desolation, a day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and blackness, a day of trumpet calls and battle cries. Down go the walled cities and the strongest battlements, because, you know, they've been watching the Aliens movies for the last 100 movies, and every time the alien come in from another dimension, you know, somehow, no matter how advanced the alien race is, and they always come to the United States, of course. They never go to Russia or China or Sweden or Africa, no other places. They automatically know to come to the United States, you know. It's Hollywood for you. And, and, and somehow, regardless too how technologically, technologically advanced this alien race is, we somehow muster our archaeological and stone age weapons and figure out a way to kill them. That's going to be in their head when they come to Jesus and his army. <laughs> what a verse I'm in. Because you have sinned against the Lord, I'll make you grope around like the blind. Your blood will be poured into the dust. <laughs> and your bodies will lie rotting on the ground. Your silver and gold will not save you on that day of the Lord's anger. For the whole land will be devoured by the fire of his jealousy. You will make a terrifying end of all the people on earth. Last couple, I think. Matthew, Malachi chapter 4. The Lord's, the Lord of heaven's army says the day of judgment is coming, burning like a furnace. See how every person says the same thing. And these men didn't know each other. That's just interesting. I always tell people there's a reason why you've never seen a program on television by an atheist or a scientist saying that the Bible is fake. The more they try to prove it fake, the more it proves it's not. They thought with the invention of the computer, oh, we definitely got the Bible now. The invention of the computer showed them that there was a code in the Bible that was more advanced than the computer. Look up something called the Gamatra. Developed, uh, discovered by a Russian scientist, by the way who wasn't even a Christian. And the Bible code, all of the codes in the Bible, that book is written by an atheist. They say, we don't believe in Jesus, but you can't prove the Bible is fake. What is wrong? Ooh. Did I even read verse 1 of Malachi? The Lord of heaven's army says the day of judgment is coming, burning like a furnace. On that day, the arrogant and the wicked will be burned up like straw. They will be consumed, root, branch, and all. But for you who fear my name, the son of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings, and you will go free, leaping with joy like cows let out to pasture. On the day when I act, you will tread upon the wicked as if they were dust under your feet, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Remember to obey the law of Moses, my servant, all the decrees and regulations that I gave him on Mount Sinai for all of Israel. Look. I'm sending you, this is very key, the prophet Elijah before the great and dreadful day of the Lord arrives. His preaching, that type of preaching, will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers. Otherwise, I'll come and strike the land with a curse. Okay, so the curse is in operation to the degree that the fathers are not there. Okay, and so that's Malachi. And... Okay, cool. We're almost done. Revelation 19. This is a vision. Uh, well, this is a look. Then I saw heaven open and a white horse was standing there. 
This, this is what the army looks like. There is a scene in um, the last Thor movie. Um, what was the one with the with the light skinned girl? She was a part of that special warrior unit in Thor. Yeah, yeah, Ragnarok. There's a scene in that movie where Ragnarok is the one where Thor's sister was crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there's a scene where the heavens opened up and you see this army coming through in white horses. Yeah, that's a very mundane scene, but that's close. Well, it's not close. It's just that's a mundane example of what it would look like. It's just much more terrible than that. That was a very glorious scene. But it said, I saw heaven open and a white horse was standing there. Its rider was named Faithful and True, for he judges fairly and wages a righteous war. His eyes were like flames of fire. Jesus always is constantly changing his appearance, by the way. His eyes were like flames of fire, and on his head were many crowns. His, and a name was written on him that no one understood except him. He wore a robe dipped in blood, and his title was the word of God. The armies of heaven, dressed in the finest of pure white linen, followed him on white horses. From his mouth came a sharp sword to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron rod. He will release the fierce wrath of God, the Almighty, like juice flowing from a wine press. On in, this is no holding back. We held back for 6,000 years. This is it. On his robe at his thigh was written this title. King of all kings and Lord of all lords. Then I saw an angel standing in the sun, not in front of it. Standing in the sun, shouting to the vultures flying high in the sky. Come, gather together for the great banquet God has prepared. Come and eat the flesh of kings, generals, and strong warriors, of horses and their riders, and of all humanity, both free and slaves, small and great. Then I saw the beast and the kings of the world and their armies gathered together to fight against the one sitting on the horse and his army. I told you, they think they can beat Jesus because they've been watching them stupid alien movies. <laughs> then I saw the beast and the kings of the world and their armies gathered together to fight against the one sitting on the horse and his army. The beast was captured and with him the false prophet who did mighty miracles on behalf of the beast. Miracles that deceived all who had accepted the mark of the beast and who worshiped his statue. Both the beast and his false prophet were thrown alive into the fiery lake of burning sulfur. Their entire army was killed by the sharp sword that came from the mouth of the one riding on the white horse. And the vultures all gorged themselves on the dead bodies. This ain't that little punk Jesus that y'all see with the trickle of blood looking like he ain't had a meal in two weeks. This dude is a beast. That's why Jesus always represents himself as the lamb and the lion. Mankind has experienced the lamb, not a getting ready to experience the lion. The lion is the spirit of Elijah. Because you remember in Elijah, it says he took on 400, actually it wasn't 400, it says he took on 900 false prophets at the same time and won. Also, Elijah was a master at fighting the Jezebel spirit, which represents the demonic. That's why we're always running up against the demonic all the time. They can't stand us. <clears throat> 2 Peter 3, 8, 14. We're done. I'm good. But you must not forget this one thing. Out of everything in the Bible. Don't forget this one thing, dear friends. A timeline. A day. 
is like a thousand years to the Lord and a thousand years is like a day. Now that's deep because they said, don't forget this. Because what you'll find is, is that God created the planet in six days and then he rested the seventh. Those six days represent 6,000 years of human history because it's a 6,000 year lease on the planet. That's why he said, don't forget this. Now here's the problem is that the 6,000 years is up. The problem is no one knows the exact time frame. That's why many believe, oh, well, we're already in the book because you have the 6,000 years and then this small window called the tribulation period. The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise in verse 9, as some people think. No, he's being patient for your sakes. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. But the day of the Lord will come as unexpectedly as a thief. Then the heavens will pass away with a terrible noise. Can you imagine looking up and the sky is ripped off? And the very elements themselves will disappear in fire. And the earth and everything on it will be found to deserve judgment. Since everything around us is going to be destroyed like this, what holy and godly lives you should live. Looking forward to the day of God and hurrying it along. On that day, he will set the heavens on fire and the elements will melt away in flames. But we are looking forward to the new heavens and the new earth he has promised, a world filled with God's righteousness. So, dear friends, while you are waiting for these things to happen, make every effort to be found living peaceful lives that are pure and blameless in his sight. Not just getting by. You want to live your life where Jesus can't accuse you of nothing in every single area. How many of you know that's a tall order? Apparently, it's not too tall, otherwise they would have never asked us to do it. I think this is the last one, Revelation 7, 19 through 17, the Amplified Version. And after this, I looked, and a vast host appeared, which no one could count. Now, this is a scene of heaven. Okay, This is a man, he's looking into heaven now. This is not on planet Earth. So I'll start over. After this, I looked and a vast host or a number that could not be numbered appeared, which no one could count, gathered out of every nation from all tribes and peoples and languages. These stood before the throne and before the lamb. They were attired in white robes with palm branches in their hands. In a loud voice, they cried, saying, salvation is due to our God who is seated on the throne, and to the Lamb, to them we owe our deliverance. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders of the el. Let me start over. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders of the heavenly Sanhedrin and the four living creatures, and they fell prostrate before the Lord and before the throne and worshiped God. Amen, so be it, they cried. Blessing, glory, majesty, splendor, and wisdom, and thanks, and honor, and power, and might be ascribed to our God, to the ages and ages, forever and ever, throughout the eternities of eternities. Amen, so be it. Then, addressing me, one of the elders of the heavenly Sanhedrin said, Who are these people clothed in the long white robes, and where did they come from? Now, when the Lord asks you a question, it's not because he don't know the answer. They just do that that type of way. I replied, sir, you know. And he said it to me. These are they who have come out of the great tribulation. (laughs) 
and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. For this reason, they are now before the very throne of God. Serve him day and night in his sanctuary temple. And he who is sitting upon the throne will protect and spread his tabernacle over and shelter them with his presence. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more, neither shall the sun smite them, nor any scorching heat. For the lamb who is in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd. He will guide them to the springs of the waters of life, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. So, that was a scene where, as again, like I said, as these things begin to roll in and you're beginning to see the elements of it. Because one of the ways that we know we're in the elements in it, the Bible says that when these things happen, all eyes would see it. Like, for example... You know, one of the reasons why the coronavirus ended up being a bigger issue than it was is because everybody could see it and hear it because of technology. One of the reasons why so many negative things begin to happen is because when that police officer killed that man, then everybody across the world began to talk about it and 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 begin to protest. And, and then even China took a swipe at the United States, you know, because the United States has said something about China with the coronavirus last week. And literally, China said, what you need to be worried about is all of the racism in your country. Now, keep in mind, China is one of the most racist countries in the whole world. Keep that in mind, okay? They don't like nobody. They don't like white people, black people, mixed people, Mexican people, alien people. They don't like no type of people. Village people, nobody. Now, I'm not saying that as a whole. I'm just saying, you know, generally. I shouldn't say generally. You know what I'm saying? They just, they known to, whew, Okay. And so, uh, um, you know, so because of the, the, the Bible says that we would know we were, one of the ways you would know we're in, it says you would be in the time of technology. The Bible says that. And it said knowledge would go forth instantly, back and forth, bam, bam. And people would have the ability to travel faster. Okay. And so, you know, these things are beginning to move in more and more and more and more where one little event will shake the whole planet. And, and there are things that are worse that are coming, unfortunately, you know, but so, you know, I don't have all of the answers when it comes to the book of Revelation, because uh, the Bible told Daniel in the book of Daniel that only the people who were living in that exact moment will fully understand. So it's only so God is revealing things, but it's on, in other words, next year more will be revealed. It's like God is only, it's a need to know basis. And his attitude is, right now, you don't need to know. I give you enough now so that you can prepare. And as it rolls in, then I'll release it because he don't want it, because he know how we are. We get all caught up in the end time stuff and all that type of stuff. And so, so these things are moving in, moving in, moving in, moving in. Best thing you can do is, is just live under the shadow of that protection, okay? Because as, as these things come in, the Lord will begin to warn us like he already has in advance. This is how you prepare based on the things that are coming, okay? Now, we kind of... I don't want to say we ignored it, but it was so demonstrative that we ignored the warnings that the Lord gave us about the coronavirus. The Lord even warned me. He said, you remember when you were getting ready to put that on Facebook? I was like, oh, dang, I forgot all about that. I was praying and picked it up. And I, right before the coronavirus hit, I got ready to put on Facebook, brace yourself, here it comes. And I didn't do it. Because I was just like, you know, you get to overthinking. Uh, no, no, because you know, you know, you just overthink stuff. And so, but no, not this second time go around. You're not gonna get me. You can get me one time, maybe. After that, mm -mm, no, you're not gonna get me at all. Okay, so, 
So, but apparently it's going to get so bad. And I know that seems like the most unrealistic revelation ever. That one day, all of a sudden, those that are living right are snatched off the planet. Y'all remember that strange statement that Jesus said? He said, pray that you don't be in the planet during wintertime. Why? Because winter comes in and destroys everything. And what do you do before winter heads? You go and you remove all the fruit off the trees. You remove the fruit off the trees. When the United States get ready to bomb a particular nation and do something, we go in first and remove our citizens before the war starts. And then we come in and wreak havoc. It's the same way. Those are all imitations of God is like, okay, my people are not, you not, that wrath is not your portion. Joy and peace and assurance forever is your portion. And it's not fair for me to come in. And even if I do kill you, you're coming straight to heaven. But I don't want you to be that. So what I'll do is I'll come in and I'll just snatch y'all off the planet. And can you imagine? I want you to imagine for a moment. I mean, think about that coronavirus scared me. And what I mean when I talk about the virus, I'm just about, it just scared me into, I began to see how people would so easily take the mark. Just so easily take the mark. I, I, up until that point, Reggie, I was just like, I don't, I don't get it. No, when I was driving down the street at 12 o'clock in the afternoon, and I live in a bu very busy area, when I was driving down the street at 12 o'clock in the afternoon and didn't see a car in either direction, and it was a ghost town, I was like, yeah, it is something wrong with this right here, Jesus. And so, uh, you know, I see that very, very, how oh, that's going to happen very easily. Okay, so, um, but before God comes in, he's just going to, Remove. And I want you to imagine right now that happens. You better hope to God that that airplane is being flown by a Christian. Well. I mixed my. Hopefully it's a center flying the plane. <laughs> That's the one day. Are you a heathen? Yes. Keep your hands on the steering wheel then because well, I need you today. Imagine Russia. Now, we can't stand Russia our traffic in Atlanta now. What happens when all of a sudden people just disappear out of their cars? Everything, people are running machines, flying airplanes, driving buses. In one, and so you can understand now in that one chaotic moment, it's, this is what it means by when the scripture says, we are unknown but well known. Because the planet will pretend like they don't know. The leaders will act like we don't know. They're going to blame it on aliens. And, and, and can you, ooh, Jesus, I can only imagine the type of um, Facebook and Twitter and, and, and YouTube and them trying to limit. They're going to really create algorithms to make sure anything that has to do with the rapture is shut down. But it's going to fly so fast. And so, so but I just imagine that scenario where... This is very scary. You driving and your child in the backseat disappeared because you're not safe. Something called the age of accountability where your child is taken. You, your child has to know enough to reject Jesus. It's called the age of accountability. So you can imagine, and we're not talking about in your neighborhood. We're not talking about in a particular city. We're not talking about in a nation. The entire planet now you can understand why a very charismatic leader 
could come forth with an answer. And they, because with this coronavirus situation, I have to be totally honest with you, a lot of governors and mayors, they were just scratching their head like, we don't know what to do with this. We don't know what to do with this. They were confused. Everybody was confused. And so, so the thing is, is that what is our responsibility? The Bible talks about those that are in the valley of decision. Um, again, uh, there will be some of your family members that will make it in because of whatever reason. You're praying for them. Some of you will bring them to this church. Some of them will go to another church. Okay. Um, and then others will come in after that event. God's attitude is any means necessary. If you won't do it for love, he said, if I can scare you in. Because the Bible says God is not willing that any should perish. If you have parents, watch this. You start telling your parents about the things of God and they mock you and they make fun of you. They'll make fun of you and mock you until you disappear. God knows how to get folk attention. Okay, So I'm encouraging you. One of the things you need to do is you need to go home this weekend and you need to write down a list of your family members. I have some that I'm going to be talking to. Write down a list of your family. We can't just keep saying this and not doing it. A list of your family members, and you'd be praying for their salvation every day, every morning. Lord, send people. Remember what Jesus said? Pray to the Lord of the harvest to send laborers into his harvest. So you need to be praying for people. Lord, they won't listen to me. Please do whatever. Pay them to come to church. I've done that. Just do what at least the seed. See, at least the, the thing is you want to get seeds on the inside of them. There are people that visit it. You know, many other churches are like this. But there are people that they visit the church, and they're like, well, whatever. And then they go out there for three years and then something happens and they find themselves coming back to that place because they remember you took them there. You're too caught up in what they said to you today, not what the Lord will do tomorrow. The Bible says you saw another one. No, we saw another one waters it said the increase is God. So you I mean, this is somebody didn't accept. Yeah, because they weren't ready. God needed you. It's a covenant between us and God. We work together. You do the work of the Lord with him, not for him. You have to use your words and plant the seed, and then he waters it. I've seen it. That happened one time where ministering to a lady, and I, and, 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 uh, and that didn't happen to me, but another member was telling me about she ministered to a person, and the lady was like, I'm sorry. I just, you know, just in pride and arrogant and just scoffing. I'm sorry. I just don't believe in that type of stuff. And she said that she noticed it when she walked to her car a few minutes later. She said the woman was in the car weeping. See? People in their pride, they, want, they don't want to hear it at that moment. But if it's the truth, it goes in and sticks anyway. And it convicts them. And let me just give you this quick example of a woman. I've shared this before, but it's worth repeating. About a woman, her husband, she was not saved. And her husband was an atheist and a politician. How many of you know that's a terrible mix? Can't be. <laughs> and, so, uh, and so she got saved, spirit-filled. Her friend got saved, spirit-filled. And they decided to pray for her husband's salvation every day. And so what happened was one day he was sitting at his desk and he felt what he felt like, what he felt was like God had walked through the walls and was standing there staring at him with a frown on his face, with his arms folded. And he just couldn't shake it. He just felt like God was standing there. And so he didn't believe, and I remember the story vividly. He went out, he said, and he got a bite to eat, went for a walk in the park, came back to his desk. He said when he sat down at his desk, he said he felt a presence come through the wall stand there in front of him with a frown on his face and his arms folded. He said he knew it was God. He's like, I am going crazy. This went on every day for three weeks. Three weeks. Three weeks. And I can't remember the end part of the story, but long part of the, the end part of the story is he talked to his wife about it. She explained what he was doing, and then he gave his life to Christ and became a strong Christian. 
The moral of the story is this. She prayed every day, so God moved every day. Second thing, even though she prayed every day, God never let her know what he was doing. When she prayed every day, she would have never thought God would have moved that way. And fourthly, even though God moved that way, he didn't break the first day. See, so now with him, it took three weeks. There's some people take three months. Some people take three years. Some people take 30. Some people do it on their deathbed. Hey. And so, but the key is, is that don't think your prayers are not working. It's just that God doesn't tell you how he's working. Because if he does, you get, let me see Jesus. Let me see. And, and he shows you and then you're talking to your relative the next day. Did the Lord come and say anything to you? And now you're messing it up. You know what I'm saying? You ever seen, some of y'all come from other churches, particularly, particularly if you come from like predominantly black churches, you know, and no, I've seen it in white churches too though, just where little Johnny finally gave his life to Christ. He come to the altar. Now he already embarrassed to come down. And what is mama doing under? Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. He ain't going to hell, Lord. Oh, he finally, the boy embarrassed now. Now he don't even want the Lord because you're embarrassing the boy. When these people come to you, play it off. Don't see, I've been telling you for 10 years. You finally see now you're about to mess up. Act like you're the ignorant one because they will give their life to Christ and then try to come back and teach you. Pretend. Oh, that is good. Oh, Jesus. I see the Lord getting ready to move you faster than he moved me. You got to pretend to encourage these people. Now you want to get on. Do you realize how many people, unfortunately, I have seen that person A brought person B to Christ. And then when person B came to Christ and joined the church and got excited, person A got offended. Now person A is back out in the world and person B is one of your best volunteers of the church. That's just crazy. Okay, so again, y'all, this is not about your prestige and your namesake. This is about winning a war. You understand what I'm saying? And when you're trying to win a war, you got to get out of your feelings. And trust me, I understand. So, and let me tell you, some of the nicest people in the world will scoff at your religion. And some of the meanest looking guys will sit there and listen to you with tears in their eyes. Because it's never the exterior. It's always the heart. And exteriors will fool you all day long. You roll up on one of them bikers with a beard just as long going down to the ground looking like Gandalf. With all of them tattoos, goos look like they'll smash you over the head. Talk to them guys and some of the nicest guys in the world. They just like that biker look. Some of the people that you think are the meanest. And guess what? And maybe because they're mean, you're the only individual that might say something to them. They're surprised that you actually said something. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just encouraging you because that's where we are right now is trying to get as many people in the valley of decision. Say, let me say something as I close. We, you you got to take this seriously. Don't try to focus on trying. I, I, I'm upset because I couldn't get 10 people saved. Focus on one. And if you can get somebody to come to church, then invite them. Take personal responsibility because there is, the Bible makes it clear, there is no greater reward except, no, no greater reward than those who uh, are able to help win people to Christ or turn people to righteousness. It says they will shine like the stars forever. And when Jesus says you're going to shine, you are going to shine. 
not like these little raggedy rappers talking about I'm shining, I'm shining because I got on a piece of cheap jewelry from Walmart. You know what I'm saying? No, when Jesus said you're going to shine, you are going to shine. We don't even know what that means. And so, but so, and I, I have to be totally honest with you. I'm I'm just as guilty as many of you. I have to get in the mind, and let me say this too. I have to get in the mindset of walking out the door every day. Who can I get? Talk to my neighbors. Okay, invite them. And then when they say no, invite them again. Get on their nerves. Give them a book. You know, I put some stuff in the storage unit today, and 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 the girl was giving her excuse about if she comes. They cracked me up that way. If I come to church, all y'all gonna burn up. No, no, you gonna burn up. Okay, and don't tell them that. You know, I'm just saying, and we're not gonna burn up. You gonna burn up. You know, they got this thing in their mind that you know they come in the four walls of a building, and and Jesus is gonna kill them. And I know if he was gonna kill you, he would have done it at your house. You know what I'm saying? Buildings don't mean much to God. You are the temple. And so, but I just I gave her a book this morning on eternity. And I said, now start with this. I said, if you ain't feel, if you're not feeling it, let me know. I said, I'll give you another one on heaven. Invest in people. It doesn't take much. Give them a book on the subject of heaven. There's a particular book. I'll try to remember it. It's at my house, I think. And this one is written by doctors who, um, um, and all of the supernatural things that they have seen when they operate on people. It's little stuff. Y'all just plant the seeds. But then when you get a person, Y'all don't let that person go until they're fully ingrained and committed. Find out what they need and all those things. We're going to be rolling that out, but I'm just saying, take personal responsibility. Don't just dump them off on us. You, that's your fruit. But I'm telling you, you have got to get out of living your life. And we, y'all, there are tons of people that we can get. And we are. You know, the people who have been putting that to practice, They've been getting results. We got one young lady. She brought four people to the church already. All four of them joined. All four of them. I understand. But let me say something. I realized yesterday there is a fog on planet Earth that dampens your ability to sense and see reality. Because when you really, really think about it for a moment, it's, 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 there's, there's a spirit in the world that that. I don't want to say dumbs down, but it, 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 it deadens your ability to know what is real. And when you really, really think about this for a moment, whether you live for the next 10, 20 or 30 years or the Lord comes back next week, you then step into eternity. And only what you did on planet Earth is what you get a reward for. And that's how you have to live forever. And all of the scriptures are talking about how you're going to be judged and you're going to be judged for your words and your thoughts and your, you know, your, your predominant thoughts, not the ones that just roll through your mind, your actions and, and how you treat your wife and how you treat your husband and how you raise your children and how you honor your parents and, and, and how you honor leaders and presidents and, and all of the things that the Bible says. And then it talks about doing the work of the evangelist. And then, and then you got to, when your life ends, you immediately got to stand before the Lord in front of this huge council that you can't count. And then they say, okay, let's review your life. And then you got to think about all of the people you didn't witness to because you were scared. You know, when the Bible describes the people that are in hell, you want to know the first word it uses? Those that are fearful. I ain't saying nobody going to hell because they're afraid. I'm just saying that's how much they abhor fear. It does not exist in heaven. And their thing is, and I'm, when I'm talking to you, I'm talking to myself. Their thing is, 
you're afraid to just plant a seed because you were more concerned about how you felt. So you put your feelings above heaven. You put yourself above all of that. Because when it's all said and done, what is somebody scoffing at you going to do? When you stand before the Lord, those who scoffed and talked about you, okay, you're going to see all of the rewards that stacked up because God is recording everything. You witnessed that person and they cussed you out, okay? If you would have seen what the reward was, you would have wished they had to cuss you out more. See? And so, so you know, where we're going into is very difficult because the enemy will come against this church greatly we're holding him at bay but they're trying to prevent us from stepping over into this last realm which is the entire body is only actively trying to grow the church salvations and new people you get that and and then what happens is is that prosperity runs in your household like a river remember what jesus said about those who win souls it says that their paycheck is very large on this side and the other okay and so um, there's some things you can get over into with that that we'll talk about later. But that day is quickly approaching. And, and let me say this, when you're immature, you get mad at people. I'd be not, I was an individual. Let the sinners go to hell then. Just, <laughs> you know, just let them go. Acting a fool, I'm on the Lord's side. You Remember what Jesus said, I'm from above and you are from beneath. Still waiting on my candidate to be able to say that one too. It hasn't happened yet, probably won't. But in all honesty, when but as you start moving over into now what we move over into, you don't get mad at anybody, you get sad, even at the most evil people. And and so you begin to realize what their lot is, what their paycheck is. And so uh so that's how it is. So, you know, as these things come upon come upon the world, don't lose your love walk. Because the Bible says that the love of many will begin to grow cold as a result of these things you know and you need to pray for everybody um everybody y'all don't get caught up in all this stupid stuff jesus already told you that racial stuff was going to happen in the last days it would be a sign of the end but regardless of what racial stuff you see it's coming from one race the demonic realm it's the enemy planting thoughts in people planting thoughts in people can i say something just for a second off the record I'll just end the sermon here for media page sake. You can still record if you like. I'm going to say something. Some of you may not like it. And that's okay.